Based on 2012 numbers, it would take 40 years worth of blacks killed by police to equal the total number of blacks murdered by other blacks in a single year. Less than 400 people a year are killed by cops. 61% of them are white men. 32% are black males. Black men are not killed out of proportion when you consider they're much more likely to interact with police. People are killed by police about as often as they're struck by lightning, but I don't see many protests about storms. Black males, black males are 58% of those killed legally by private citizens in self-defense. And you think, aha, we've got you on something. Except 75% of them were killed by other blacks. <laughs> FBI statistics on murder lay bare the real threat to black lives in America, and that is other blacks. Black men are about 6.5% of the U US population, but they commit 52% of all murders. That has dipped to about 40% in recent years. Black men overwhelmingly murder other black people, and white people overwhelmingly murder other white people. So just like abuse and harassment on the internet, this isn't really a racial issue like that isn't really a gendered issue. Looking at overall violent crime, blacks are 27% more likely to attack whites than vice versa, and eight times more likely to attack Hispanics. This is the shocking number I hope you take away from my visit. 90% of blacks that die of murder die at the hands of other black people, and that's from the FBI homicide report, 90%. We're not here to talk about why this happens, why 74% of black children are raised without fathers per Health and Human Services, and why the government seems intent on continuing a cycle of destruction within the black community. My message is simple. Black lives don't matter to Black Lives Matter. If they did, they'd be confronting these issues instead of ignoring them completely. Domestic terrorism is premeditated, politically motivated violence perpetrated against non-combatant targets by subnational groups or clandestine agents, usually intended to influence an audience. Ladies and gentlemen, the United States has now joined other parts of the world in that we have in our midst home grown domestic terrorists. Groups like Black Lives Matter, um, groups like, I can't remember the militant black group that, uh, that parades Black Panthers. That's the name of the group, the Black Panthers. These are, um, for all intents and purposes, when you look at what's going on in our country, fit the definition of domestic terrorists. If a police officer justifiably shoots a black man, they respond by not, blow, not strapping a bomb to themselves and blowing up a coffee shop, but by burning down the coffee shop. That's the response. So it looks like Going forward in this country, every time a black person is shot by police officers, regardless of whether or not it was justified, 
a city block's going to be torched or a few city blocks across the country will be torched. So that what? So that we learn our lesson. The United States supposedly has a policy against negotiating with terrorists. We need to understand the nature of the problem that this country's facing right now and recognize, fully acknowledge this, that this is absolutely synonymous with the terrorism we see coming out of the Middle East where people routinely in these radical Muslim groups strap bombs to themselves and, and blow themselves up and kill people for their cause. Now, these guys aren't killing themselves. They don't have that kind of bravery. Uh, but nevertheless, they are destroying the lives of other people and people have died as a result of their politically motivated violence. So as a Christian church, what do we say? What do we do? How do we deal with this? This question came up in my Sunday school class. And so there's a number of things here that we have to be careful of. Number one, we have to acknowledge that any kind of violence and riots are off limits for any, any Christian and any society, any well-ordered society that cares about law and order, that cares about the fair exchange of goods and services. Because if we don't do that, the fair exchange of goods and services will come to a screeching halt because the criminal will take whatever they want. And if you respond by trying to protect your stuff, they're just going to burn everything down. This is, this is, this is where we're at, folks. And people who are people who care about the law, people who care about values and principles, have to stand up. Here's this. So that's first. Second, a Christian can go nowhere near this. Not even for a second can a Christian even for a nanosecond pretend to understand why you would burn a building down. If you're a Christian and you're thinking, oh my, I understand why you, you burnt down the Walmart because you suffered 70 years of oppression in this country. You're 30. Most of the people who are doing this are not even out of their 20s. And they don't know what oppression is. The overwhelming majority of these people haven't a clue what real oppression is. They might understand what a lower degree of privilege is. But I think when you think about that, all of us understand what a lower degree of privilege is. I have a lower degree of privilege than, say, Donald Trump, Warren Buffett, Bill Gates. <laughs> I have a lower degree of privilege than professional athletes. I understand that. I acknowledge that. That doesn't make me oppressed. That doesn't make society unjust. And no, 
it is not the job of the church to eliminate those degrees of privilege so that there is no longer any variance, any, any measurable standard deviation where privilege is concerned. To think that way is absolutely Marxist and socialist. And we know that that's just the propaganda that's put out by the Marxists. It's not real. Just look at history. It never quite works out that way. It's always about power and framing just the right narrative to drive a div to divide the society into all these little bits and pieces so that you don't have enough in the society, enough power, enough will, enough unity in the society to overcome the tyranny that's about to be leveled against the society. And people are just absolutely stupid <laughs> for not seeing this. It's amazing. This has gone on for a long time, though. This conditioning of, of removing any critical thinking from society has gone on for a very long time. And they finally have society uh, where they want it to be. So that now the little brains, the American brains, are like putty in the hands of those people who are orchestrating all of this. This isn't a conspiracy theory. I'm not into conspiracy theories. This is a fact. This, is, this for anybody who, who is just willing to open their eyes and look, it is an absolute fact. It's undeniable at this point that this is what's going on. It's been undeniable for a while. As a Christian, you can go nowhere near this. Additionally, as a Christian, you must discourage public protests against the civil authorities. You can't involve yourself in protesting the government. That is a clear violation of Romans 13. It's not your place to protest the government. It's your place to submit to the laws of the land, whatever those laws are, so long as they do not require you to sin against God. No, God does not require you to change society into a perfectly just society. And the response is going to be this, guys. A person's going to say, well, I'm not trying to get perfect justice. I'm just trying to get justice. Oh, okay. So let's talk about how much justice is enough. If you admit that perfect justice is not attainable, the question then becomes, what's the acceptable threshold for justice in society? And go ahead, open your mouth and start telling me, and I'm going to ask you another question. And where did you come up with that? Does God accept anything less than perfect justice? Is God okay with 70% justice? He's a perfectly just God. He is not okay with anything that is less than perfect. 
So if you want the kind of society that God would demand, you better be ready to achieve perfect justice. And since I know you're not ready to achieve that, you need to come up with an explanation for why your threshold of justice is just the right threshold. As opposed to Billy Bob's over there or John's or Bill's or Mary's idea of what a good threshold is for justice. What are we going to do? Vote? Is that how we do this? Folks, if you just peel the onion on this stuff and think about it, you will recognize pretty quickly and pretty easily that this formula that these people are operating under doesn't work. Because it really isn't about a perfectly just society. They say this. They say they're after justice. They're not after justice. You heard the numbers. There are much bigger problems of justice going on within the African-American community. And in any pagan community, white, brown, yellow, doesn't matter. There's injustice in every ethnic group that's fallen in sin. Why are we fascinated with the African-American brand? Why are they so special? Why aren't we spending time on the injustices in the Asian community? Why aren't we burning down cities for the Asian folks who are image bearers of God as well? Or the Native Americans? Or the Eskimo? Irish and German and English and European and uh, the whole night. This is a ruse. Now, I will admit, while this is a ruse, there are a lot of people out here running around who actually, they've bought it. They believe it. They're convinced. Why? Why are they convinced? Because the liberal, liberal media will pick out a tenth of one hundredth of one percent of incidents that happen in this country and blow it up so that it looks like this is standard operating fare. Every day in this country, a cop kills an unarmed black man, or it happens all over the country all of the time. You heard the numbers. A little less than 400 or a little more than 400 people a year killed by cops. 61% of them are white, not black. The numbers are the numbers. All right, so, so what is informing your mindset and your attitude regarding what we see going on? Christians have to distance themselves from this. They have to repudiate riots and violence, and they have to repudiate protests. Christians don't protest Caesar. We preach the gospel to the culture in hopes that the light of the gospel will shine into the lives of those that God has called to himself, that God will gift them repentance. And we know, based on scripture, that that is not going to happen most of the time, and that the pagans are going to continue to grope and search for meaning and value and truth in the darkness. And they'll never 
find it because what they're really after is the truth and the purpose that makes them feel godlike. They don't want God's truth. They're not satisfied with their purpose in life, which is to glorify God. Okay. So Christians cannot be involved in violence, riots, or protests. Christians cannot send the signal that they understand. Because we don't. We don't understand lawlessness. Okay? We understand that you may not like what happened to George Floyd. I don't think very many people do like it. I don't know how many other people were murdered that day, but it wasn't just George Floyd. George Floyd happened to be murdered by a crooked cop. And there are crooked cops who murder human beings in this country every year. We hope that they're caught, that they're fired, and that justice prevails. But we don't turn around and burn down cities because a crooked cop murdered a criminal. And as Christians, no, we do not show empathy. We don't validate irrational thinking. We don't validate it. We don't validate or legitimize emotions, feelings that are based on faulty thinking that's informed by a completely false narrative not in accord with the facts. Okay. So here's what happens. Let's say you have peaceful protesters and you have violent, riotous protesters. You have, you have two different kinds of protesters. You cannot control the irrational interpretation that some of these radical thinkers make of your behavior in situations like this. So if, if I protest the George Floyd death, there is a real danger that because I am, let's say, a respected person in that community and my rhetoric is really ratcheted up, it is very likely that other people who are more radical are actually going to act out on what I'm saying. So this breeds and enables the violence. What people in the black community need to do especially Christian people in the black community, is they need to condemn and denounce the protests and the riots. A, a black leader needs to stand up and say, okay, guys, stop. It's fine that we are upset at the images of George Floyd being murdered by that cop in Minneapolis. That's fine. He's been fired. He's been arrested. He's going to go to prison for a very long time. And that is a good thing. 
there was a time. Well, I'm not even I'm not even going to go there. People do not understand what real suffering actually looks like. What real oppression and real injustice actually looks like. Not this generation. Not these guys. They don't get it. All right. Christians can never, ever go there. So, so here's the question. How do you help? We have all people groups in the church across the globe, right? White people, black people, yellow, brown, all across the globe. How do we how do we help? Well, first of all, I don't ever ignore the fact that racism is real. It it's real. It exists. I doubt you will ever have a time on earth before Christ returns that there's no more racism. Why should we think there would be? Why should we, as Christians, as Christians, tell me understand this, why do you think, as a Christian, if you've read the Bible and you understand the nature of sin and the nature of the fall, you understand the curse and the wrath of God that's on humanity, why would you ever think that you could stamp out racism in, in society, remove it completely? Why would you think that you could ever create a perfectly just system among God-hating pagans. Why would you think that way? This is my problem, folks. This is my problem. Immediately, when I start hearing this kind of garbage from people, these kinds of terrible arguments, you know what I think? Immediately, and it upsets me, as you can probably tell. I think you're an idiot. And yeah, oh, 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 you, you know, that, how offensive. No, I think you don't spend any time reading the Bible, basically is what I'm saying to you. I think as a Christian, you're inept. I think you don't give a rat's hind in about what the truth of God's word says, especially if you've been in the Christian way for a number of years. Because you cannot read scripture and conclude removing racism from the pagan heart can be done without regeneration. Where in the world in the Bible are you getting that thinking from? It's not in the Bible. And this is the problem, guys. It's not in Scripture. It's pagan philosophy. It's paganism. It's not Christianity. This is, this is from the start, this is the issue. You think this way, you are thinking distinctly in non-Christian terms. Absolutely beyond a shadow of any doubt. You're not going to eradicate adultery. You don't even try to do that, do you? And, 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 and by, by measures, if, if you were to quantify what are the really big problems in the church and even in the world, Racism wouldn't register on the scale when you start to quantify it and list it out. 
adultery, fornication, homosexuality, murder, drugs. I mean, idolatry. Racism doesn't even show up. It's way down on the list. But for some reason, you have decided that that's the sin you're going to purge from society. Are you serious? Really? Folks, once you start to look at it that way, from the perspective of Scripture and sin, you start to realize, yeah, wait a minute, what's up with this? What's really going on? Because if it's true that you want to purge racism from society because it's a sin, why is it that you're ignoring the bigger sins, like adultery, like illicit divorce, like fornication, like prostitution, like illegal drug use, like sex trafficking, on and on and on and on the list goes, murdering innocent babies, uh, children that are born without fathers. I think what the number was 74% of African-American babies are born to single mothers. What? 90% of black men are murdered by other black men. Wow. What are we doing here? So number one, I acknowledge racism exists in our society. I acknowledge that if you're a black person, you can drive into some white neighborhoods and have a very unpleasant encounter with a white racist because he doesn't think you should be there because you're black. Possible. Yep. Possible. It happens. Are you going to have a nervous breakdown because it happens? Why? Look, if you're a Christian, you know pagans are evil. You know, don't, don't chalk it up to, I, I don't know what you're chalking it up to, but, I mean, give the person the gospel of Jesus Christ. Carry a track with you everywhere you go. Carry tracks with you. And the next time, some, some, next time some idiot racist white guy decides to stop you because you're black and in his community, give him the gospel. See what happens. Tell him you're there to share Christ with him. And that this is no accident. That God brought you two together so you could share Jesus Christ with him and give him the gospel. What do you think is going to happen? Think he's going to shoot you? <laughs> you might, but it won't be because you're black. It'll be because of Christ. I mean, there are ways that we can handle this. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 5 that Christians are going to be slandered, lied about, falsely accused, beaten, cast into jail, and killed for the sake of Christ. Just because they're Christians. Now look, if you can't deal with 
pagan hatred over the color of your skin? How can you, how can you possibly hope to deal with it over your faith? I don't, I, I don't see how that's possible. I really don't. Pay attention to what I'm saying to you. Please, handle this like a Christian. So, listen and acknowledge that racism exists in this society, but do not uh, legitimize black parents who want to raise their kids in irrational fear of law enforcement officers. That doesn't help because now you have a, 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 a hyper-sensitive human being anytime there's an encounter with law enforcement. And rather than help the situation, you're hurting it. If you want to help young black men interact with police officers, don't teach them anything different than a white person would teach his son about interaction with law enforcement officers. Be respectful. Be respectful. Be respectful. Obey the orders. Listen clearly and obey the officer. Do what he asks you to do. Don't assume that it's personal. Don't assume that it's racial. Assume that this law enforcement officer is one of the 99.5% of law enforcement officers that are good. Assume that from the start. Treat that law enforcement officer like he's one of the good guys. He may prove to be one of the bad guys. You treat him. Start off treating him like he's one of the good guys. You obey him. And if you're a Christian, which is how, this is how Christians should be. This is how Christians should be teaching their kids. You go to Romans chapter 13. And this is what you, this is what you teach your young men. Black, white, brown, yellow. Romans 13 says every person is to be in subjection to the governing authorities. You submit yourself to that law enforcement officer, period. There is no authority except from God, and those which exist are established by God. He is an agent of God. She is an agent of God. Therefore, whoever resists authority has opposed the ordinance of God. And those who have opposed will receive condemnation unto themselves or upon themselves. So you teach your young men to, to assume first, not personal, not racial, this is a good law enforcement officer. He or she is one of the 99.5%. That's how you, you start off and you reflect that attitude to the officer. After all, you haven't done anything wrong other than maybe speed or something like this, which is why you got pulled over. Take your ticket if, if you get a ticket. But you obey the officer. I'm not suggesting you surrender your rights. If the officer wants to search the car and has no legal right to search the car, you do not have to allow the officer to search the car if you do not want to, based on law. I used to be one that would say, search the car no matter what. 
I don't know if I would do that now. I don't have anything in, in my vehicle to hide. You want to search it, search. There's nothing here. And hopefully you, you should definitely not be carrying anything that you're not supposed to be carrying. Like weed or any other kind of drug paraphernalia or worse, unlawfully toting a weapon. And now you're the bad guy in those circumstances, not the cop. You. That's how we help as Christians. That's how we help. We don't dismiss the existence of racism. It's out there. But we remember what Scripture says about fallen man and about the society. And we recognize this is part of this fallen world. It's not going away. It's not going to change. This is how it is. God is working this particular interaction with this law enforcement officer for my good. This is a good law enforcement officer, right? That's the assumption. They're just here to uphold the law. They're trying to do their job to the best of their ability. Good person trying to do a good job and just want to go home safe and healthy to their family at the end of the day. Start there. If you teach your kids to start at the opposite end, to be suspicious, to be scared, to be afraid, you have already created a very dangerous atmosphere anytime your child is pulled over by the cops. Because look, it doesn't matter. Let me, let me explain something to you. If you teach them the way I'm suggesting, and it is a bad law enforcement officer, bad things might happen. Maybe they won't because of how you taught your child. But if you teach your child that the default is racism and they, that they should be extremely nervous and afraid, you have not helped your child at all. You do not have to defame law enforcement officers in the instructing of your children in order to keep them safe if they have an interaction with a police officer. That is totally unnecessary and it's irrational. It's stupid. Don't do that. Now you think I'm being insensitive. You know, I'm tired of the sensitivity stuff. Just stop being an idiot, okay? Grow up and stop being goofy. This is goofy. You want to melt like a snowflake and, and fall over backwards because I use the word idiot? Then fall over backwards. It's your kind of thinking that has become prevalent, prevalent in society that's led to the exact place where we are today. You are part of the problem. Number three, point to the actual statistics. If you want to teach your children, teach them honestly the statistics. Not what happened to Billy down the street two months ago. Teach them the stats. Resist instilling in them irrational fears. Teach them the Word of God. Give them the facts. Give them the Word of God. And there's nothing wrong with witnessing to a law enforcement officer. Handing a law enforcement, let the officer give you a ticket if you were speeding, hand him a track. Here you go. It's a track about the gospel of Jesus Christ. God bless you. You have a nice day, officer. Stay safe.
I'm behind you 100%. Even if the cop's bad, you don't know. I mean, come on. Okay. So you take, you take, you take them to Romans 13. Do, do, do not validate emotions and feelings that are anchored in false narratives, lies, rhetoric, and propaganda of people from sources like liberal media and liberal politicians. This is exactly what you do not do. And what ends up happening is you now have created within American society domestic terrorism, which is what's going on this very moment. Domestic terrorism. You have a group of people who have taken over six city blocks in Seattle, Washington, and as far as I know, they, they're still there dominating these six city blocks. What in the world has this country come to when that happens? I mean, and the only reason that no one goes in, that the, that, the, the, that the authorities don't go in and just wipe them out and take back the city blocks is because of the other terrorists that are spread across this country who will burn other city blocks to the ground. That's the only reason nothing has happened. But look, guys, you've got to treat domestic terrorists like enemies. Plain and simple. Don't burn down my house. I'm not going to let you do it. And if people... See, we live in a culture... This is what happens. We live in a culture where what I just said, threatening to shoot somebody who's going to burn down your house, is more evil than the person who's ticked off like a little kindergarten crybaby, a five-year-old, but now they're adult, they're an adult, and their version of throwing a hissy fit isn't kicking and screaming on the floor, it's burning my house down, or burning my business down. And somehow we think they're justified and I'm the bad guy because I want to defend my property. You see how reversed this is? How idiotic this kind of thinking has become. It is idiotic. I will defend my property. If I had a business out there, I would defend my business. And if I have to take your life to keep you from taking my business, that's what I will do. Don't want to do that. But I also don't want you to burn my business down either. Send my family into bankruptcy in the middle of a global pandemic because you're mad at something. And I don't think a lot of these people are even mad. I think a lot of these people are just opportunists. Some people are angry. I was angry when I saw the video. I'm a martial artist. I know what putting your knee on someone's back, I know what pressure on a person does. I'm a jujitsu practitioner. I've been under big guys and I'm a big guy myself. So I know what that feels like. I was angry. I just couldn't understand it. And I still can't understand it. I don't need to understand it. The man's been fired. He's going to prison for a very long time. And that's good. Justice is going to prevail. All these people screaming about justice are absolutely destroying justice while apparently trying to uphold justice. All right. I think I've said enough for one day. 
If it sounds like I'm upset, um, you are reading me rightly. I am upset. I'm upset. Uh, if you were to ask me what's the number one thing I'm upset about, look, I know pagans are going to be are going to behave like pagans. I get that. I understand that. Um, I'm not nearly as upset with the morons in Seattle that have taken over six city blocks as I am with civil authorities who are laying around, sitting back, not doing anything for the taxpayers to take it back. That's upsetting. More upsetting than anything else to me is the response from the church. You have people like J.D. Greer and dopey Andy Stan, not Andy Stanley, uh, Joel Osteen, same difference, two peas in a pod, marching in protest of the civil authorities, ignoring Romans 13, validating ungodly feelings and ungodly mindsets and attitudes about all of this, validating it, certifying that this is right and good and just, and it isn't. Not only that, I'm extremely upset with pastors who know better, but with pastors who are right now watching this, and they can come running hard and fast and talk about racism for weeks when the racial reconciliation thing was hot to the touch. Talk about it for weeks, every service. Every opportunity to teach preach with racism, 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 diversity, 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 over and over and over again. Just not shut up about it. I mean, it's the thing, right? And now here we are in the middle of one of the most confused states in our history, in, in our modern history, those of us who are living. We haven't seen anything like this. And our pastors are not addressing the issue at all. They're not saying to, to Christians that are under them, Here, here's what the Bible says about what's going on. This is how you should think about it. Uh, and this is what you can do. For those people who are caught up in this, here's how you can help them. Here's how we can help them. All right. Everything points back to Christ and the gospel. The problem is it's being ignored. It's being ignored because we are intimidated by man, by the pagan. The fear of man, the fear of man does nothing to lend itself to the, the honor and the glory of God. Fearing man is contradictory to fearing God. If you fear man, you will not fear God. If you fear God, you will not fear man. All right. I hope I've said something that has got you to think that's that's been that's been kind of at least challenged you a little bit in terms of of where you're at. Maybe maybe something encouraging. Maybe you've been maybe you you have thought the same way and you just need somebody else to say it as well and to feel like at least you're you're not alone. That that your thinking is you're not the only one thinking like this. Well, good. I I hope that that it's been edifying. And for those of you who disagree, um, deal with my arguments. Deal with my arguments. Don't 
just run away and say, oh, another racist or whatever, conservative, conservative Republican guy running his mouth. Well, I'm, I'm not a registered Republican. I'm an independent. And uh, yeah, I vote Republican because I cannot vote for the Democrats because my faith is real and I don't support that kind of godless organization or movement or ideology, whatever you want to call it. All right. Keep your chin up. Stay in the fight. Continue to glorify God. Continue to shine your light. Continue to preach the gospel to this fallen world. Repent and believe the gospel of Jesus Christ. Continue to do that. Amen. God bless. This podcast is part of the Bible Thumping Wingnut Network. Biblical Christianity's marketplace of ideas. BibleThumpingWingnut.com And American guys will always stand up and salute. We'll always recognize when we see your glory flying. There's a lot of men dead so we can sleep in peace at night when we lay down our heads. My daddy served in the army. We lost his right eye, but he flew a flag out in our yard. Till the day that he died, he wanted my mother, my brother, my sister and me to grow up and live happy in the land of the free. Now this nation that I love is falling under attack. A mighty sucker punch came flying in from somewhere in the back. Soon as we could see clearly through our big black eye, man, we lit up your world like the 4th of July. Courtesy of the red, white.